0: Welcome to Procast. This is your host Josh McAdams. I'm here with an interview with Stephen Little, the creator of Moose. The transcription of this show was underwritten by cPanel. cPanel is currently hiring talented Perl developers. To find out more, visit jobs.cpanel.net. Procast back finally and I'm with uh, Stephen Little. Stephen Little is the creator of Moose. Welcome to the show Stephen. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Uh, I know most folks in the Perl community, they at least know your name, and they know that you created Moose, but that might be all they really know. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe how long you've been programming Perl, where you work, why you got into open source code?
1: Okay. Uh, Well, I've actually uh, been been in the web field since approximately 1998, but uh, I actually was mostly a JavaScript programmer uh, for many years. Um, And then about 2002, I got hired on to uh, Infinity Inter- Interactive, where I work now, um, and they basically hired me on to do Perl. So I've been doing Perl, I guess, about uh, eight years now.
0: Eight. And so what got you into the open source stuff?
1: Well, you know, we're, we're a small consultancy, um, and we pretty much wouldn't be able to do what we do uh, if we didn't um, use open source. Uh, you know, uh, Perl and all the CPAN and, and Apache and things like that it really sort of allows us um, to... Uh, you know, build applications um, for reasonable prices for our clients. Um, and so after a while, sort of using a lot of open source, we decided we wanted to uh, get back. And so I think I uploaded my first C-Pen module in like 2004, and pretty much after that I was addicted. So, you know, it's a fun hobby.
0: <laughs> well, so one, one c module that, uh, that you're very noted for is Moose. But b- before we get to that, what was your first C-Pen module?
1: Uh, it was a module called Tree Simple, um, and it was a uh, sort of an uh, an NRA tree, um, and I uh, used camel case and all sorts of stuff, you know, coming from the JavaScript world. Um, I thought that was the way to go, and uh, it's it, it's it still works today. We actually still have it in a couple of our prod systems, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was sort of the first one, the uh, the first hit.
0: Nice, nice. Well, uh, so we're here today to talk about moose, uh, and that is a very popular project now, but I, I have a feeling that some of my listeners have either possibly never heard of it, or at least don't know what it is. Could you give us a little description of moose? Sure. Uh,
1: moose is, uh, we call it a postmodern object system. Um, that's mostly sort of for fun, um, you know, but there, essentially what it is, it's, it's, uh, it's an attempt to make Perl uh, object-oriented programming a little bit more modern um, to give you some of the features that you get for free in a language like Java or Python or Ruby. Um, but bringing them into Perl, and we borrow a lot from Perl 6, so we really try to keep the uh, the sort of Perlish uh, feeling at the core. Um, so the the real goal of it is to sort of um, make object-oriented programming less tedious, um, less, less of the DIY um, approach that... Uh, that sort of uh, is out there with a lot of the Perl OO.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and you called it a, a postmodern object system. I, that's kind of hinting that uh, Perl had a modern object system at one time, which I think people would be shocked to to call anything in Perl <laughs> a modern object system.
1: It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a bit of a joke. It's, it, it makes reference more to uh, Larry Wall had a great article I believe it was in the Linux world um, uh, where he called Perl the first postmodern uh, programming language we sort of we took it from there and uh, you know it's, a, it's one of those things that people scratch their head at and you know maybe at least get them a little interested until they say what? what do you mean by postmodern um, But you know its yeah it, it, it really is modern however you want to look at it um,
0: so, so whenever you set out to write moose I mean did, did you decide right then okay I'm going to write a more convenient object mechanism in Perl an object framework in Perl or did it just kind of organically grow
1: It, it, it came out of the pugs project which was a project in about 2000, I think it was 2005 started. Um, and it was Audrey Tang uh, had decided that she wanted to implement Perl 6 in Haskell. Um, so it was sort of a very fun project. Uh, Audrey Audrey coined uh, the term uh, O-Fun, you know, optimized for fun. Um, and a lot of the goal of the project was really to sort of get, the, get some juice flowing back into the Perl 6 community. Um, and really get, uh, get a working or a semi-working implementation so people to play with it. Um, so one of the things that I did in that project was to prototype the object system um, for Perl 6. So I read over the Apocalypse 12, uh, read up on a number of different object systems in different languages, such as Smalltalk, um, CLOS, which is the common Lisp object system, uh, Objective Cs, uh, Object Runtime, uh, Ruby, Python, all those things. We were, we were doing a lot of sort of research at the time, um, and we tried to put a lot of that stuff, uh, a lot of the good ideas into the Perl 6-Object system. And then basically, as the Pugs project started to peter out, I found myself going back to uh, my work code, which was basic, you know, your basic vanilla uh, Perl 5 and I really craved all the features that I had been prototyping. And so... Month here, month there. I fiddled around. And I finally came up with uh, a module called Class Mop, um, which is basically the nation upon which Moose sits. Um, and so, a couple months after Class Mop, uh, we released Moose and sort of got running from there. So, it really kind of came out of uh, sort of a desire um, uh, to 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 use a lot of the concepts that I was seeing in Perl 6 um, and other languages that I was looking into. Um, you know. Even Java we pulled a lot of stuff from Java as well and c-sharp um, you know there's a lot of good ideas out there and we tried to really bring them all in there and keep that uh, core uh, sort of pearlishness that Larry really had designed into the perfect uh, object.
0: So so I don't want to put you on the spot too much because I I didn't prep it all for this question, but you did say that you pulled a lot of the best things from different languages, and one of the languages you mentioned was Java. Uh, And I know Java is an object-oriented language, and it does have some good features, but could you just give an example of possibly one of the good things that Java had that might have influenced Moose? uh,
1: I've heard Java called a um, a manager-friendly language. Um, You know, if you... Uh, on some level, people or managers or maybe higher ups going kind to of think you know Java programmers are just replaceable because there's there's one way to do it in Java. There's the right way and the wrong way. Um, there's a consistency to that. When you walk into a Java uh, programming situation, uh, there's a clear way to um, to build your your class attributes. Uh, there's a clear way you know to define methods. Um, you know object construction is very uh, worked out. There's no, there's no mysteries there. Um, and some of the things about sort of the older school pro OO, and if you go to, if you sort of, if you surf around CPAN a little bit and start to look at some of the OO modules, you might see many different ways of, of building objects. Uh, Damien Conway's book, uh, was a great book and it showed, you know, a ton of different ways, uh, to build different objects. And there's, there's interesting aspects to that, but on some level, the consistency, um, you know, Java sort of does it a little bit too much, uh, maybe too little draconian about the way it, everything has to be consistent, but there's, there's a value to that. The larger your project gets and the larger your team gets, the more important it is uh, for uh, the code to be readable across all the different developers and to be consistent across all the different developers, um, not so much because they're replaceable, but more just so that everybody can sort of get on the same page and be able to understand one another's code. And Java is very strong in that direction. Um, and actually, that's, that's some of what we were trying to do with Moose, too.
0: So that's actually an excellent—that's and that's perfect. That's an excellent segue into what I was going to ask you uh, until I— changed my mind on that question and that was to tell us a little bit about moose because whenever i'm a Perl programmer and say i don't have an object system other than just core Perl, i'm going to create a method probably called new maybe not that i use as the constructor i have to pick how i'm going to take arguments into that i bless a hash or an array or a scalar or some object i'm sorry or some data structure uh, and return that so it, it's uh, it's it is every component is negotiable in building an object so what what are those standards that moose does what can a moose developer expect to do
1: Moose Moose provides a consistent way to define object attributes um, or class attributes, however you want to call them. Um, Basically, the slots in your object. Um, So we do, on the deep core, we use a hash-based, a blessed hashed object system. But we provide sort of a a way to, to build metadata around the different attributes that you're going to have within your object. Um, and then the constructor that Moose provides uh, adds to that by making sure, you know, by checking all the attributes, making sure uh, that they're passed if they're required attributes and they you know, they, the requirement is satisfied. There is a convention for Moose to pass in name value pairs to the constructor um, that is actually overridable if you want, but uh, we just sort of use that as sort of the base convention uh, to start off of. Um, Moose also provides uh, what's called a, a build method, which is a way of initializing objects in a certain order. So every build method within your uh, class hierarchy is called in the correct order. And then in the inverse, all the demolish methods, which is essentially uh, the Moose version of destroy, are called in the correct order as well. So we, we, we sort of uh, uh, formalize and, and, and be consistent with uh, you know, object construction, object destruction, and defining of slots in, in, uh, in your objects. Um, this is something, you know, again, with the, with the older Perl uh, OO, good, old, good Perl OO programmers would have done this themselves. They would have had a consistency there, um, mod- like class accessor um, and things like that. They sort of uh, pushed you in a good direction with that. Um, but Moose sort of provides a, a larger framework for that so that it's, it's literally all there for you, and it's checked as well as it can be checked, um, but there actually is still some underlying freedom if you want to mess with it.
0: So you do have these defaults, but you hinted a few times in that description of the framework that there are ways to, to, to bend Moose to do what you want it to do, or even to extend that, and you know, I've peeked and seen the MooseX namespace, so what are some of those hooks and some of the flexibility that you provide? Uh,
1: well. Moose is built, uh, this is something we stole from Cloth, the common object system, which is a, it's called a MOP, which is a meta object protocol. And essentially what a MOP is, is it's sort of a formalization of the object system. So it's an API, uh, a sort of very low level API that uh, is, defines the, the, the object creation process um, and the class creation process. Um. And what we did is we sort of broke that up into several different uh, we call them sub protocols. So we have a class protocol. So you can actually subclass the meta class. <laughs> it's it <gets laughs> a little confusing. Uh, but you know, each each class is an associated meta class, which basically defines the, the, the guts of that class. And you can actually subclass or apply roles to that class and you can hook. You can sort of get into little hooks during the class creation process. Um, additionally, there's an attribute sub-protocol, which uh, when you define an attribute um, on a class, uh, which then defines a slot that ends up in the object instance, um, there's a number of hooks in there. That's actually the most popular uh, way to extend Moose is to provide extra uh, elements onto the attributes. Um, we also have a, a method protocol to uh, define methods and be able to hook into there, so a lot of what it, where, where the extensions come from are the underlying object system itself has a number of hooks and a number of places where you can sort of inject your code into there and produce, uh, during the classification process, you can produce different results.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you had mentioned that uh, one of the most popular extensions is uh, involves the attributes. Mm-hmm. And Could you just give some examples of what some people might have done with that?
1: Sure. Uh, we actually, we one of the most popular ones, we moved into Core uh, last year, which was, uh, we provided a way, so if you were to store in one of your attributes in a, an array ref or a hash ref, um, basically a, a native Perl data structure, um, we allowed you to sort of delegate to some of the built-in uh, functions of Perl. So you can perform delegation just like you would with a normal uh, object-to-object relationship. You can perform delegation on the uh, underlying array ref or the underlying uh, hash ref and the underlying code ref. And so it basically allowed you to make a very declarative, <clears throat> very declarative way you could define an API uh, to access some of the collections, some of the attributes that might have collections in them, like a hash or or, or an array um, And like I said, it, was, it, it became so popular that we basically decided to core it. Um, along with that, let's see what's another kind of good one. Um, uh, Dave Rolski, who's one of the core Moose um, developers, he. Uh, added a way which you can do, you can define class level data so class attributes um, and he extended the instance attribute protocol to basically uh, allow you to put in class attributes Um, I'm blanking on the other
0: one No, no, that's perfectly fine, that's two really good examples, so uh so that's a really good description of the framework, a really good description of ways to extend it. Uh, but you had actually mentioned earlier that, you know, there there are other frameworks out there. Damian Conway has the Inside Out Objects framework that uh, came out in his Pearl Best Practices book. A lot of people have heard of that. How does Moose compare to the other object systems that are out available for Perl? I think
1: a lot of where Moose differs uh, is just in the the scope of what it was trying to do. So. If you look at uh, sort of the old standby, which is class accessor, um, which is a pretty popular uh, framework, the majority of what that was attempting to do was to um, uh, to automate uh, accessor generation. And it provided a very simple constructor um, that essentially blessed whatever you passed it in. Um, but it really didn't try to reach too much further than that. Um, some other things like a class method maker um, provided a lot more. Uh, Functionality, but still, on on some level, it was an accessor generator. The inside-out stuff was actually a very different approach because it really tried to redefine the way Perl instances um, uh, are—the structure of them, the underlying structure of Um, them—and there was a couple actually really nice modules uh, that came out of that. Um, I believe uh, Class Inside Out was one of my my favorites. Um, That still with those, a lot of what it came down to was accessor um, generation, and really it, it, it tried to just sort of build upon the existing uh, Perl OO system. What Moose really tries to do is take that Perl OO system, define sort of a formal structure around it, and extend it and build a whole API on top of it. So really to give you uh, a real, full, true dynamic object system underneath uh, which really sort of extends much, much beyond uh, access generation. We also have uh, things called type constraints in use, which are basically uh, sort of little snippets of code that do validation, um, and you can attach them to your attributes. Uh, there's a couple uh, modules out there that allow you to uh, use them when checking your method parameters, uh, things like that. Um, that was something we added on that most of the other object systems don't have, Um, the whole concept of the meta-object protocol and meta-classes and and then, you know, attribute meta-objects and all that sort of underlying deep uh, voodoo, if you will, Um, that's sort of a very different scope and a very different approach uh, to to essentially, on some level, trying to, to, you know, both do the same thing, which is make sort of the the tedium of of sort of the Perl DIY OO system uh, make it a little bit easier, make it a little bit faster, make it a little bit uh, less tedious.
0: Right, right, and you know, there's tedium to other languages or systems. I write a lot of Java code nowadays. Uh, I'll shamefully admit, and writing the getters and setters for that is is an exercise in pain for sure. So, yeah. So, uh, so uh, you did mention the uh, the ability to validate your methods. Uh, or sorry, validate the arguments brought into your methods, and you know, it's it sounds similar to almost static typing in a language, but it also seems a lot more than that, really. I guess uh, because you can do more than just make sure that it's a number? You can do any kind of validation that you want? Is that...
1: Yeah, what we tried to do is we tried to loosely model uh, the, the quote-unquote type system um, that, that is sort of core Perl 5. Um, and it is to some degree based on a lot of the uh, type system work that was done on the Perl 6 project as well. It It's it, it, it sort of... Um, it's not a true type system in the sense uh, like your Haskell or your OCaml or, or something like that. And certainly we can't statically check at compile time. Um, but it's essentially a way to, you know, to inject these little checks into, like I said, method validation, or method argument validation, uh, attribute validation, which, which will then get also checked with the constructor, um, different places that it's... Uh, you know, there's a lot of other modules out there on CPAN um, that do these kind of things, uh, that do constraint checking um, and do validation support. Um, this really, we try to push it into the object system itself. So it's, it's, it makes it almost like a type language, but we're not as, you know, like I said, we're not as draconian as, uh, as your Java or your C Sharp because we're not checking it with the compiler um, so strictly. Um, and, you know, you can uh, you have a amount of flexibility uh, with Moose to define your own uh, subtypes the existing types and sort of add to the system as much as you want as well, which you can't do. And like, well, you you, you can do that in Java and Sharp by actually adding uh, additional classes, but uh, we we have a little bit more freedom than
0: that. Gotcha. And uh, so, I, one of the questions I was going to ask was about you know Moose being a heavyweight system and things like that. But it sounds like on the actual writing of code aspect of it, that that Moose is actually going to make your programs much more succinct and get rid of a lot of the boilerplate. Uh is that a true statement or
1: Yeah, I I would say that's a true statement. We've uh you know, at work we started um started we call it, uh some of our older systems, um, fairly early on obviously. because um, I was I wrote it so I was I trusted it. <laughs> um so we started doing that and, and to some degree with uh with an older code base, a fair amount of the moosification is actually deletion of code. Um so, you know, those handwritten accessors, um, those handwritten instructors, um, handwritten validation, uh, things like that, that stuff starts to go away as you apply more and more. And I, I think it's safe to say that moose code, in the end, ends up a lot more succinct. Um, there's It's declarative, and, and declarative code, um, just by its very nature, tends to be shorter uh, than more explicit code.
0: Right. And so you had mentioned that you actually went and mooseified older code. And so just it, it is, you can have regular Perl objects, inside out objects, and moose objects all working in the same ecosystem. It's not going to be a big deal to mix those, right?
1: Yes. Actually, that was one of the core requirements uh, for uh, Moose when we started building it. Um, and that was really to make sure that it played as well as possible uh, with both existing uh, Perl OL systems um, that were out there, like the inside-out system, um, and to also make sure it played well with, uh, you know, very popular modules um, that were out there. And really, you know, if you couldn't use, if you couldn't still use all the C-Pan uh, with with Mm Moose, it would lose a lot of its value. Um, And and on this level, you can think of it as incrementally drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, I actually have uh code bases that that have been around since before the days of moose and were, were you know some of the early code bases that I Mooseified that are still only partially Moosefied. Um you know we, we 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 only went as far as we really needed to um, and some of the deeper layers uh, of these systems just really didn't need to be changed um, they they could stay the same and and as long as we could still extend them with moose and we could still um, uh, delegate to them and all those kinds of things like that. So uh, it's a very, very important thing for me and for the core of Moose to basically not to alienate uh, all, all the you know thousands and millions of lines of code that are out there on CPAN. I mean, that's one of Pearl's sort of greatest assets.
0: And uh, so I guess when would be a good idea to use Moose? I mean, is there ever a reason if you're using Moose and you're committed and you believe that it's a good, good tool to use, should you ever... Is there ever a need to use a old Perl object less hashed instead or is moose just a pretty much a full replacement
1: sure. No, it's uh, you know moose moose does have a uh, startup time uh, com- uh, penalty a lot of that is sort of the initialization of the object system and uh, each class needs to define uh, you know as you define a class uh, it'll create a meta class and the meta class potentially will have uh, you know the attribute meta object and so you'll, you'll have all these uh, objects that are sort of created at, uh, it's not quite compile time, it's like right after compile time. Um, so there is a startup overhead associated with that. And then also, obviously, we're creating these objects. So uh, there's memory and there's CPU involved um, as well. So when you're in a restricted environment, which, you know, uh, uh, hardware is pretty cheap these days, um, people still have, uh, you know, business requirements that require them to work on smaller hardware um and uh, with, with, you know, less CPU and and memory. Um, And and in those situations, really, moose is not appropriate. Um, And that's really where, you know, the requirements dictate uh, that you really need to keep it slim. Um, A a perfect example, actually, is the Plaque project that uh, Miyagawa has been working on. Um, That project, if that project used moose, it would restrict the the adoption of it. Um, The the project is an attempt to sort of uh, define a, a consistent and clean interface between web servers and web applications, um, which means you have to not only work in Mod Perl or FAST CGI, but also in vanilla CGI um, and a number of you know, potentially weird and interesting environments. Um, it makes more sense for Plaque to stick with the, uh, the sort of slim uh, DIY OO system at its core and therefore be able to be used uh, in more places um, so there' are reasons to go back and forth um, generally uh, it comes down to um, you know can you bear the compile time startup and can you bear the uh, the extra CPU um, and uh, and memory usage and even with that we have a uh, sister module to move, which is called mouse um, and it's actually it's been adopted by um, a number of the Japanese pearl hackers uh, they've sort of taken it and run with it um, and that is essentially, it's a pared down version of Moose that doesn't provide all the underlying meta framework um, and really just sort of uh, has the sugar layer and um, sort, sort, sort of, it gives the illusion of Moose um, and gives a you know, fair amount of the features, but with much less of a startup. Um, it, does, it does depend on access, which of course... You know in some cases that's not possible too but you know it, that's an alternative um for uh, part of your system if your system if part of your, if part of your system is uh is, is, needs to live in one of these restricted environments loose the po- or mouse is the possibility
0: and uh so as far as maybe strategies that are, are, I I guess to rephrase the question that I have in my head, uh, are are you guys trying to work to make that startup time of Moose faster or is it more just like go with mouse or go with the other object systems instead because you're always going to have to pay the penalty of this uh, startup?
1: We've been working on uh, this. It's sort of been a long uh, back burner project for a number of the core developers. Um, a lot of what it comes down to is, uh once you once you decide that you need a lot of the dynamicism that moose provides, you have to load things. Um, so some of the different solutions have worked to try and uh, you know be a little bit more lazy about when it creates meta objects which like I said are memory hogs and you know involve CPU usage um, so people have tried by sort of uh, caching them or or different things like that so' what's, We're working on a number of different solutions, but in general, one of the sort of things that we've always done from the very beginning with the Moose project is we optimize first for correctness. Um, So we really try to uh, avoid premature optimization. So we optimize for correctness first and then for speed afterwards. And actually, if you look over the course of the years that that Moose has been there, we we actually graphed out memory usage and, and startup time at one point, and we've actually stayed reasonably steady for maybe the last year and a half or so, um, but we've consistently added features. Um, so we're always trying to sort of keep it uh, keep it under control and not let it get too crazy. One of the things that sort of helped us, uh, for instance, the difference between 5.8 5. and 5.10, uh, in 5.10, in Perl 5.10, they added the, uh, the MRO, which is the method resolution order. Um, and that was something that we Beforehand, we are doing in pure Perl, um, and then in Fox 10 made its way into core. So that actually was a fairly significant speed up um, and, uh, and reduction of some overhead uh, because some of that stuff was going into core. So, you know, maybe, you know, if, uh, I know there's a proposal out there to put a class keyword um, into Perl. That might give us uh, some underlying hooks uh, in the interpreter. So there's, there's, there's a number of possibilities out there. Um, we're sort of making sure we're exploring all of them, but like I said, we're, we're sort of optimizing uh, to make it work, to make it work correct um, uh, first, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to the later. <laughs> we're hoping that Moore's Law will catch up with us, and we won't have to break.
0: Uh, so, and that, uh, that's good, and that uh, addresses one of the criticisms I've heard of Moose is the startup time, and another I've heard, but I hear it about every Big Perl project is that it installs half of CPAN. And uh, I don't know how many dependencies Moose actually has. Is that true? And I've actually even heard somebody at Yapsi this year say that they were, they were always happy when something installed a lot of CPAN, because that meant there was a lot of good code reuse going on. So what's your take on that?
1: Uh, well, I, I actually uh, I looked on, uh, I believe it's the, um, you can click on it through CPAN, there's a dependencies link on search.cpan. And I calculated and it. it's about uh, completely all the way out to the very end, so dependencies of dependencies of dependencies. Moose uh, actually has only 14 uh, dependencies. This is working off of uh, Perl 510. Um, so we do depend upon... There are other other modules listed there, but they're actually you know, Test More, uh, Test Exception, and all the modules that they depend upon. Um, and I believe there's also a, a Class C3 is a dependency, but it's not a dependency in 510. Um, so in a, in a reasonably modern situation of Perl five ten or above, um, it's only about fourteen dependencies. Um, now that's not to say that it can't be a pain to install Moose. Um, I've actually run into issues with it myself uh, in setting up sort of new prod servers uh, for work. Um, we have run into situations where we have older Pearls that don't have um, updated uh, test modules, and when you install Moose, if, you, if that has to install a test more, and that has to install a new test exception, and then all of their dependencies, that can actually get to be a pretty good-sized dependency chain. Um, and I've had that take you know, upwards of a half hour sometimes uh, for everything to come in and be installed and everything like that. But exactly what you said, it's, it's updating uh, a lot of core things. Um, you know, if you were to look at uh, the number, sheer number of modules that depend upon test more, or modules like test exception out on CPAN, um, you know, there's a really good chance that if you if you're not working with a fresh installed Perl, you'll actually have the latest version of that because just that everybody depends on on one level or another. Um, so there 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 is time, but the, the reality is, is that Moose actually has very few dependencies. Um, and actually, if you look at the ones that are up there, um, a fair number of them are actually um, uh, way to explain this, um, there's sort of workarounds for sort of weirdness in the core language. Um, so for instance, we have the try tiny module um, as a dependency, which is uh, sort of an excellent module that sort of cleans up exception handling um, and handles the, uh, the dollar uh, at dollar symbol and make sure you know it's properly localized and you never lose uh, an exception that's in there. So we buck that into core moose um, just to make sure that our Exception handling was consistent uh, throughout. Um, there's also another uh, module called DEVEL Global Destruction, um, which is a very simple module, and all it really does is give you a flag that tells you that Perl is in the global destruction phase. Um, so when the Perl interpreter is quitting and it goes to destroy all live objects, um, that's a very different time than when it's destroying it sort of on the scope exit. Um, so we, we have a module on there that sort of handles that. And those are actually very small dependencies um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things.
0: So a, a few questions ago, you had mentioned uh, Dave Rolski as being one of the contributors that created a module that eventually got uh, moved into the core. And so I'm guessing you don't work in isolation on Moose. Uh, who, who all works on the project, and what, what are
1: the roles there? Uh, well, we, we've actually got a fairly good core team, um, and uh, we've we've, heard we've attracted people. Uh, over the years, uh, Dave Rolski is one. Um, he's sort of uh, known for the uh, daytime project, um, and he's actually done a, a fair amount of core refactoring. Um, I think he's actually, if you look at the uh, the Git blame uh, output, he's I, he's second only to me um, in terms of the, the the number of core lines. Um, and he uh, he actually also got the TPF uh, the Pro Foundation grant to uh, write the docs, which was a huge huge thing. Um, because I'm not a very good documentation writer. Um, we also have uh, Sean Moore, who uh, he works at Best Practical, the creators of RT. He's done a lot of core work uh, and a lot of work around roles um, and really improving the role system. Um, regard, Ricardo Cignas, um, of the sort of email colon colon, colon star fame. Um, I think he pretty much maintains <laughs> that entire namespace. Uh, he's also a recent pumpkin. Um, he's a contributor of a number of features and sort of Uh, He he helps sort of guide the ideas. Um, uh, Hans Dieter Piercy is also a core member. Um, He's involved pretty much, I think he's got his fingers in just about every major uh, Pearl project out there. Um, He was one of the people who helped uh, sort of core that that, that module that I was talking about. Um, uh, Jeffy Lures, um, who actually works with me um, at uh, at Infinity Interactive, um, he's actually been doing a lot of core or sort of deep core hacking lately. Fixing parts of the object system that you will hopefully never see, Um, but but you just need to work right. Uh, Florian Ragwitz is also a core member of the team. Um, He's uh, he's also a Catalyst core developer, uh, and he maintains the Moose Declare module, which is sort of it's a very sugary uh, version of Moose that uses the uh, devel Declare module. Um, He's also been doing a lot of our releases lately. Um, Chris Prather. Uh, who's actually been around since the very early days of Moose um, and uh, has sort of he's contributed a number of uh, MooseX modules and a number of sort of ideas and he's just sort of been missed very Grandview. And um,
0: and he is insane. He has also volunteered to do a workshop and a YAPSI next year to be the host. So
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> poor <exactly>. guy. <laughs> <laughs> he runs the uh, the Pearl or uh, yeah the Pearl Oasis, which is the Orlando Pearl Workshop, which is uh, which I think a great workshop. It's in January in uh, Orlando, so it's perfect time to go to Orlando. And if you live in the north, like you and I, it's a perfect time to get out. Absolutely. <laughs> no, um, but yes, he's he's, uh, he's actually a, a very prolific uh, community member. Um, and then lastly, well, no, actually two more people. There's Yuval Cogman, who's uh, uh, he's he's also involved in just about everything out there. He's actually uh, he's been involved in Moose since the early days of Pug. Um so the, the sort of the incubation period and um if you have an issue with uh an object system named Moose then you've also the person to talk to because so it was his idea to call it that. Um and then lastly Matt Trout, who uh actually don't even know if Matt's contributed much code, but he's uh he's been a uh a voting member of the Moose Cabal for uh for pretty much since one Um he was a very early adopter and sort of helped shape um a lot of the early direction of the uh so the design of Moose and sort of the um, uh, the core ideas uh, that were in it. Um, and yeah, and so these these guys are the core contributors. We also have a lot of other uh, contributors. Um, uh, they're all actually listed in the pod documentation. I can't think of everybody offhand, but um, it, Moose has kind of grown to become a community project. Um, this is actually something I'm very proud of. Um, I haven't actually really contributed more than a couple lines of code in the last six months or so. Um, Because the the other members of the cabal and uh, sort of the community at large uh, has sort of run with it. Um, So it's it's grown beyond me, which which I'm very proud of, um, and sort of become a real uh, community-driven project.
0: No, that's excellent. It's, it's always great to get a community together, and that's a huge... I mean, just the, the core developers you mentioned, there's an impressive list of people, and then the greater community at large. Actually, whenever you said that you had written a line of code, or very few lines of code in the last six months for it, I noticed that it's not even under your name on CPAN anymore, that uh, Jesse Lures? It looks. Uh,
1: yes. Well, you know, all, all the members of the core team, uh, we all have co-main status um, through CPAN. Uh, Dave Rolski released probably a good you know twenty or thirty uh, probably more than that forty versions of it. Uh, Florian Ragowitz has been doing some uh, lately and Jesse was just the, uh, the 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 last one left holding the hot potato I guess uh, for the last release.
0: Like, you know it's great uh, that a project is supported by that many people. I mean it's really good and that does kind of lead into the question I was gonna ask I mean with that many people, there has to be new features and work going on constantly with it. What do you guys have planned?
1: Well, actually. We're sort of stabilizing at this point. Um, I always wanted to make sure that uh, the Moose feature set was. I, I didn't want. I didn't want it to get feature-itis. I didn't want it to start doing things that really were was out of the scope, out of out of its uh, sort of uh, realm of responsibility. So we've we've always tried to keep a fairly good uh, hold on the core features um, in Moose. And really allow the MooseX extension namespace um, to be where not only where people can um, add features that we don't feel fit into the core, um, but also we can prototype features. So good ideas, we usually encourage the uh, the person with a good idea to actually write a MooseX module um, and to and to extend the core. Uh, uh, with insects first, and then if there's enough adoption and if it proves itself uh, really well, then we, we, we bring it back into core. Um, I think we've only really done it with one module at this point, but we are talking about a couple other ones um, that are out there and sort of bringing them back. Um, but one of, the, one of the key things, uh, you know, this is not like your normal ten module where it's really just sort of an API um, or an abstraction around the concept. It's, it's really sort of a language extension. So, so designing Moose is not entirely unlike um, designing a programming language. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I learned a lot um, watching Larry and Audrey working on the Pearl Six uh, project um, and really sort of tried to, tried to get a lot of the good ideas that Larry has had over the years and sort of keeping that spirit um, of, uh, of sort of Pearlishness um, at its core but also, we want to make sure that um, you know it's it, it, it's consistent. It's internally consistent with itself, um, and and the features all fit in there nice and snugly. Um, and like I said, if if you want extra stuff, there's always Moose. Um, there's plenty of modules out there already, um, and there's there's so many different ways that you can hook into that core um, that if you really want a, a very customized version of Moose, it's actually quite possible to do that.
0: That's all the questions I have. It would probably be a good idea to let people know where to go to get started if they wanted to learn about Moose. Uh, the places I know are the Moose Manual on CPAN, and then I think if you just search for Moose, in- Infinity Interactive has a site if you want to fill us in on more.
1: Uh, yes, uh, we have the, the moose.pearl.org uh, uh, domain, so that's uh, that's essentially just sort of a, collection, a site that sort of collects um Links. We have a links to a number of articles that people have written and blog posts people have written about Moose. Um, we we try and keep a lot of the uh, presentations people have given at various conferences about Moose, which are always a good way to learn. Um, and then again, Dave's excellent uh, Moose manual uh, that he wrote um, is an excellent place to go. Um, we actually uh, we're well. We did we did a Dave did a Moose workshop at Gatsby this year. Um, and we're actually talking with the uh, Pittsburgh Pro Workshop guys as well um, about possibly doing another workshop there, uh, both a um, a intro Moose uh, that Dave uh, Rolski does, and then uh, Sean Moore and Jesse Lures are thinking of doing a uh, sort of an advanced Moose uh, version there. So there's, um, you know, if you can come out to the conferences and the workshops, we we try and sort of uh, do a lot of stuff there um, as well. And you know the. Uh, again, the manual, I mean, I can't really stress isn't, you know, enough. The manual is sort of, uh, it's great. We, we actually, we, we openly encourage contributions to that where people um, want to sort of help uh, improve on that. Um, the IRC channel, uh, pound moose on uh, irc.pearl.org um, is also a great place. Um, and the mailing list, actually the mailing list has been getting a lot of traffic lately, which I'm very happy about um, because that means we we've got a lot of index content um, in there. Um, and most of the core people and, you know, a lot of the, um, the just, just outside of core people <laughs> who also do a lot of contributing, um, they're all on the IRC channel and on uh, the mailing list, so we try and get there. And, we, you know, we check in Stack Overflow and ProMonks. Um, there's a couple people who always sort of keep an eye on those two channels as well, um, make sure people's questions are answered there.
0: Um, that's about it. Great, great. Well, uh, Stephen, thank you very, very much for agreeing to do the interview, and uh, thank Infinity Interactive for uh, letting you release moves. And
1: thanks for doing broadcast, and thanks for uh, thanks for getting it back.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited.
1: Uh... <laughs> and congratulations on your new baby as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, she's probably crying in the background at one time. I have headphones on, so I don't know if she was or not. If if, if any of the That's listeners okay. heard crying, it was it was Clara. We'd once again like to thank our transcription underwriter, cPanel. cPanel is currently hiring talented Perl developers. To find out more, visit jobs.cpanel.net.